So there's an old priest taking confession, and people coming in, he's like giving them their bowl, say this, say these, our fathers, or, you know, the rosary, whatever you bad Catholics have to say when they confess him. And, uh, and a woman came in, and she sat down, and she's like, you know, father, blah, 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 you know, I gave a blowjob this week. And he's like, oh, um, I'm going to have to think about this. Confused, he doesn't know what that is. So he's like, I'm going to have to go to my sanctuary and think about this. So he leaves, like, the confession, you know, box, and he goes out back, and he sees, you know, one of the nuns. He's like, you know, Sister Catherine, what's a blowjob? And she says, 20 bucks, same as in town. <laughs> you know what? I don't think that really happened. You don't? No, I think you made it all up. <laughs> uh, no, true story. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, hello, it's Jacques and... J- Joe? Joe, and welcome to Carnival Personnel. Hi. Uh, big, big week, but first of all, we'd be remiss if we didn't take a second to thank our great friend Biff for stopping by. Your great friend, Biff. I, I would say at this point is our great all friend, All right, Biff. fine. A uh, lot of great feedback, a lot of fun, uh, you know, and it's just great to be able to have a, a, a legitimate, like, you know, um, excuse to throw out my racist bars. There really aren't any excuses. That's what you haven't learned. <laughs> uh, but it was. It, it was informative. It was fun. The, the the podcast and then the sideshow this past week was, was great. Did you like the intro? I did very much like <laughs> to the, the uh, sideshow of Japan. I, I very much did. I'm like, oh, man, he's going to. No, he's not playing Turning Japanese. And the ending song. I don't know if you know what that is. I don't. There was an episode of South Park called Fun with Weapons, and it was kind of a benchmark episode. The boys uh, are way into anime, and they're playing with, like, fi- like you know, throwing stars and nunchucks, and they're getting into this stuff. And so when they're pretending to play with these real weapons, all of a sudden, it turns into, like, an anime version of South Park. And then there's a, a, a fight sequence, and then all of a sudden you hear that... Let's Fighting Love song play, you know, Let's Fighting Love. (laughs) And that's why I incorporated it in the end of the Japan episode, because I, too, am a racist, (laughs) apparently. I couldn't find any other appropriate Japanese songs to play. Uh, okay, I, I, I turned Japanese was just perfect for it, but yeah. I wrote it down. I was wrote yeah. it down. <laughs> uh, hey, so funny. Uh, last week, you know, uh, when Biff was over and we were watching uh, the Patriots, like absolutely, you know, squash the Tennessee Titans. Uh, simultaneously, I was at Best Buy an hour away in Framingham, Mass, buying something that cost $3,205. Wow. Wait, do you even have $3,205? And- uh, available on my Best Buy card. I did. <laughs> and how are you in two places at once? This is already, is this another joke that you're trying no, to tell? No, this is, this is like, uh, you know, I haven't talked to you since this happened. So I, uh, like, it was like Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, you know, sitting there on the to-do list. It's like, you know, pay all the bills and stuff like that because the downside of owning a house now uh four months ago i didn't have a lowe's a home depot a best buy a target card i did have a gamestop card (laughs) (laughs) just to be clear i've always i've had that for quite some time and i'm like okay you you still have a child world card too which don't judge me (laughs) uh but i did it's like so i go online i'm like what up Pound seems crazy high. And then I looked and I'm like, oh, 
unbeknownst to me or anybody associated with my family, uh, yeah, somehow somebody was able You were the to... victim of an identity theft. It was. Well, I, I don't know if I lost my card somewhere and somebody used it. So Wait, but you mean the Fort Knox, that is the rubber band that keeps all of your credit cards together, wasn't enough? It was somehow somebody cracked the code. Somebody guessed that the password to my wallet was 1234-ENTER. <laughs> somebody stole my rubber band. Oh, no. Uh, and their hair ties, if we're going to, you know, play the semantic game. So that was, you know, and then and then here's the worst part about it. Um, oh, we're really sorry. You know, it takes seven days to do the investigation. It will come off your cart then. And, you know, you're not, okay, well, what happens to these sons of bitches? Uh, nothing. nothing. And they're like, well, you have to report with your local police. So I had to call police. Police came, took a statement. And they were basically like, yeah, well. You know, nothing they're really going to do. Like Best Buy will write it off to insurance. And I'm like, that's 3200 bucks is a lot. Can't you, you – every you know. Security cam footage. Security cam. I mean it, they bought either a lot of things or a big item that they probably had to pull the car around to put in. I'm quite sure you could get – no, it's not worth their time to like run the play because, you know, you know somebody might have like, you know, smoked weed somewhere that day, you know, uh-huh. or so. I don't know, you know. Um and I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, happy anniversary, Jacques. Happy anniversary, Joe. Where's the loaded gun? <laughs> I don't. You think I'm telling you? Yeah, no. Uh, and I'm not telling you where the bullet is either. Wait, <laughs> but, but 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 how can I win? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anniversary of what, Joe? Oh, just an anniversary of being under the. Magistrate of, is that a word? I don't know. I'm asking you. Of the greatest president in the United States to some? Uh, the healthiest president of the United States and to some. And almost the tallest. Yeah. So there's a <laughs> lot of. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Donald but, Trump's one year anniversary of, of ruining the, the country. Yeah. Officially. Officially ruining the country. Is today. Uh, all, on our recorded day. What he's. And credit where credit's due. He's been able. To to infuriate more people around the world and less time on a high, high diplomatic level than anybody in, in U.S. history, I really believe. I don't think this – I don't think – seriously, in the news, have you heard any congratulatory happy anniversaries or best wishes on your first year from any world leaders? No, because the government shut down right, so, and we don't we, – nobody's here to answer the phone. Now, <laughs> now – Breaking down the fourth wall, yes, this post, like, you know, Monday, Mondays at, you know, mornings at midnight, Sunday nights at midnight, however you look at it, Patriots have played yet. Tomorrow, my world shuts down for about four hours when the Patriots play. That's usually how it goes. But to celebrate his one year, he has shut down the entire country. Wrong. He didn't shut it down. Those... Uh Powerless Democrats shut it down. Well, he has a point because they control the Congress. They that's what. Wait. What? No, I, I'm sorry. They control the Senate. Well, the hmm, let's look at. Look but at they again. control the Supreme Court. Right. Well, but at least as a Democrat in the White House. Oh wait, so the Democrats don't control any levels of federal government. Don't have a majority in any of them, but mm-hmm. yet they shut down. Wow. Right. Well, I mean, if you look at it this way, they wouldn't go along with what the Republicans wanted. So they shut it down. Well, it was funny. And um, God, was it, it might have been Andy Richter who put this off. Basically, 
They were making head waves on the DACA thing a week ago when the whole shitholes country thing came out. And that mm-hmm. pretty much – it's funny when you're sitting with a lot of people and you start throwing things like that out, how it kind of drives people away. So they weren't able to make – Headwave. And remember, it was. It was like two months ago when they were trying to get the Dreamers Act thing worked out. And Schumer and Pelosi said, hey, we had a great meeting. He's not going to tie, you know, wall money into the Dreamers Act. And it looks like we might have a deal. And then 24 hours later, he's like, there's no deal unless there's money for the wall. And he's like, I never said that. Like, completely undermining. Like, And for a good 24 hours, he was even saying positive things about the meeting with them and all this stuff. But, you know, somebody from his base, like Adelson and the Koch brothers, must have said, hey, you can't do this. So there's a 90%, you know, not Democrat, Republican, 90% of the U.S. want the CHIP program funded now and it thinks it's ridiculous and inhumane that you are truly starving children and the same thing with the dreamers 90 percent of americans think hey these children who were bought brought here you know by their parents who've know nothing else but this country and and the percentage that have graduated high school that are in college that are paying taxes and stuff like that it's off the charts to what most other you know groups are and people want those deals however that's the hardline thing. There, and, and now it's funny because they were saying, okay, we can either do the Dreamers Act or we can do the CHIP program. You have to choose Democrats. And the Democrats are like, oh, so we either fuck this group of children or we fuck that group of children. And, and then, like I said, I think on Andy, you know, Richter said on like uh, on Twitter, you don't fault Sophie, you know, from Sophie's choice is mother for choosing one child or the other. She's not the bad guy for making them choose. I was gonna, just going to say, this is a real dopey's choice. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, well, we guys, no, it was the fucking Nazis who were the bad guy. Was it the mother's fault for choosing one child over the other with a gun to their heads? Mm-hmm. It was. And that's what it is. Again, like you and I talked about before the podcast, the person who has been the most critical of Blotus in the White House, the person who has been most outspoken against the policies and the way he runs things and holding him accountability for things like golfing too much and not working with the other party too much is his own words. He Him from 2013. In this case, right. You saw it. And it was on Fox and Friends or – I don't know where it would have appeared on Fox and Friends, but he, he – did tweet that, and probably a series of tweets, that if there was ever a shutdown in the government, the buck stops with the president of the United States. Oh, he had tweeted that, but, but the clips that I kept seeing over and over on Twitter, he he called into, it was a Fox and Friends, oh. and just went off. And it wasn't a an off-the-cuff, a, I'm just going to make this statement, embed it with 10 other statements. The whole call that he had with them was 100% about the 2013 shutdown. And he said flat out, unequivocally, a good half a dozen times, well, there's a lot of issues going on. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with the president. If there's a shutdown, it's on him. 
It makes a presidency look bad. It makes a president weak. It makes a president, you know, look like he can't get deals done. I mean, he elaborated to the 12th power about how no matter how you spin it or how you look at it, it's an infinite president who can't make the country run. You heard it here first. (laughs) We're holding Donald Trump's words accountable to what? And, and then the other great thing is he's uh, the you know now that it is officially shut down, he can't go to Mar-a-Lago. The word is he's having a two-year-old tantrum at the White House, and oh. he's like he's a teenage, he's a grounded teenager who just lost his uh, Minecraft. If account. I was him, I'd blame the Democrats too. Yeah, well, who else is he going to blame? Not himself, <laughs> right? Exactly. So he has to blame the people, and then again, the the. Democrats don't have a majority, but they also needed like four. I think it was four Republicans who didn't go along with the bill that they tried to just railroad through, like they did with the tax bill. So, I mean, the margin is is, is slimmer now. They only have a two vote margin, but so the four Republicans who didn't go with this the short term funding, you know, type thing. They, they of course, you know, aren't the bad guy. Anyways, happy anniversary. Yeah, this president is going the right way for a smacked bottom. Wow, that was a good segue. I think the most interesting thing, and of course we're talking about, I I, I say porn actress. I I, I don't think there's actually any porn stars. I think Amber Lynn, our old friend Amber Lynn, is like the last real porn star. Star. Um, But a porn actress, Stormy Davis, who it's been- Daniels. Daniels, thank you. Get it right. Stormy Davis is a black actress. Get it right. Never how do I know? <laughs> How do you know that? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, it was paid, I think it was $130,000 to not come forward with their affair. Now, where did he come up with that kind of money? I don't know. Where would somebody like that come up with off the record, off the uh, books amount of money, which was funneled through his lawyer for uh, shutting somebody up. And when did this payment take place? Just weeks before the election. Ah, I see. You know, and I believe it's like now they're tracing it back. Like the the NRA gave him an awful lot of... uh, Russian money, you know, I don't even want to say, but it's true. Like this week, the FBR is like, hey, Russia seemed to funnel a lot of money to the NRA months before the election that the NRA then turned around and put to, and again, how can you trust the FBI? You know, I mean, right. seriously, the, the longest institute. You of- can't spell fib. Without FBI. Uh, but here's the best part about the story that, you know, the, the, not the fact that he liked to be spanked, not the fact that he liked to be spanked with a Forbes magazine, but the magazine in question that he was being, that she alleged she was spanking with. And by alleged, I mean, I believe the porn actress over him nine days of the week, you know, had him on the cover, which is kind of a weird way to, you know, spank your own ass. Uh, <laughs> also had uh, his kids on the cover. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Want to let that wash over you for a second? Pretty much. Like the rest of my life. Just sort of let it wash over me. So, I don't know. That's um, a thing. I guess she's not alone. No, no. And there was a lot of payments made right around that time. And again, these aren't the women who were alleging... And I believe each and every one of them with like sexual misconducts and sexual wrong. He's the one who brags that you can just grab him. These are a number of affairs that he had that were paid off. Right. And I 
on that same topic, I saw a segment on the la- last night's Bill Maher show on HBO, and Michael Wolf, the author of Fire and Fury, was his first guest. And Michael Wolf alleged or insinuated that his affairs are not quite over yet. Like they could be even more, and maybe some that are possibly ongoing. Well, I was going to say how, but we knew the like the Clinton thing, you know. Yeah. But when you're under that much of a microscope. Everybody around you has to know. And let's just stop here. Does it even matter? No, it doesn't. It's just more talk for... Family values, Joe. Oh, wait. We know the hypocrisy of the Republican Party and obviously a lot of hypocrisy on on many sides. But in this case, at this point in time, in this point in history, compared to all of the other things that he's been alleged to have done to get elected and uh, to have fucked over many, many people in the past... This is a drop in the bucket. Doesn't mean anything. It it fills airtime. It's one more thing. You know, you already have the big fat sandwich, the Dagwood size sandwich <laughs> of like for the millennials. See, there was a comic strip. Blondie, look it up. So Dagwood would eat all of these the really husband. the tall sandwiches, multi layered. So this is just like another slice of lettuce. You know, right? And, and you don't. And by the way, you don't slice lettuce. Apparently, I think it's not a, called a slice of lettuce. You vegetarians out there can correct me on our Facebook page. I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, seriously, no. But you're right. It's like the whole you know Porsche grabbing thing comes out, and his entire base, nobody cared that oh, it's locker room talk, or it's this. And even if it happened, all the stuff that you know had happened, nobody. Cared. I mean, the fact that you know he's been married three times, you know. And that he knocked up his third wife while still married to his second wife. You know, I mean, all these things. The whole family value bullshit of it is just that. I think the Republicans don't care anymore about what these people have are going to allege the president to have done in the past uh, with regards to anything. To anything. Well, so that's the interesting thing. So... You know, circling back to to the Russian thing for just a sec, we won't get too deep into this. Bannon was supposed to talk in front of Congress this week, and Mueller kind of put the kibosh on that. And the reason he put the kibosh on it, it's, okay, so Bannon's been ostracized. The base has turned on him. The funding of Breitbart, you know, ousted him from Breitbart. So he went from being this kingmaker to being out on the street. From prince to pauper. Truly. And so if anybody's ready to sing like a canary, it's him. However, Mueller knows that the Republicans do not want this Russian investigation at all. And we could, we've already talked about it, you know, at nauseum. But like with Nunes, when they had that secret, not secret, when they had the closed door congressional investigation hearing... And Nunes at midnight sneaks over to the White House with all the information and, you know, that blew up. How many Republicans have to already recuse themselves from the hearing for, for leaking it and, and working with the president on this? Um, not my president. So Mueller doesn't want him to testify in front of Congress until Mueller has his deposition with him, which is going to happen this week. So Mueller basically didn't – not basically, flat out – 
doesn't trust the Republicans not to run to the White House and say, or go public and say, hey, this is what's happening. This is what's – giving his lawyers the heads up to kind of try to discredit it in advance or circumnavigate it or you know, kind of you know, make it go away. So Mueller is waiting to have his, uh, his deposition with Bannon before he lets them because that's basically everything – you know the Russians, the, the the investigation. They're not. It's not like it's. They're not working with the Democrats. They are actively going out of the way to squash it or to discredit it. And it's great that again Pelosi, you know, has released that that steal the yeah, right. GPS what something something GPS. I'm blanking on the name of the company that put together that the dossier on yeah. him and she just did a Julian Assange WikiLeak. Absolute dump of the entire transcript without permission. Right. Was, you know, that, was that uh, Pelosi or I thought it was uh, Feinstein. Feinstein. Not, sorry, it was Feinstein who just said, "Here you go." You know, it was under oath. They asked us to make it public. The Republicans are going out and cherry picking things. So here is the whole thing. So, anyways, oh, what what is that? What do you, what do you got there, Joe? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> oh, excuse me about that. Uh, Trump whistle season. So we'll sum it up. Happy anniversary, Blotus. Yeah. So, okay, so no no more Blotus talk. So let's move on to something happier. Fuck you, Pope. <laughs> so Yeah, I saw this on the rundown, and um, yeah. What is that again? What is the story? Okay, so I've not argued, you know, but, um, but this Pope has been much more progressive than any Pope in history. Of course, management who was raised Catholic really hates everything associated with the Catholic Church. And it's like, unless you completely reform and you have women priests tomorrow and he abdicates like the Popehood to whatever, it's never going to be enough. But I was really upset because a few weeks ago, Cardinal Bernard Lahr died and he gave – not the eulogy, but whatever big speech added. And it turns out and, and not doesn't turn out. It's it's been a known fact. It wasn't a hidden fact. During the priest scandal in Boston, which Bernard Law was at the center of and, you know, denied having any knowledge that these dozens and dozens of priests were doing these horrible things and being shuffled around from city to city to kind of cover it up for decades. Instead of being called back to the Vatican and being sent to like the monastery to like pray for the you know the rest of his thing, he was a, a king. Had the most lavish accommodations. I, I don't know what it's called, like you know, in the Vatican, but like whatever the Ritz Carlton part of the Vatican is, where the higher echelon, most esteemed bishops go to live out their days. Mm. He was also, you know, part of like the big decision making, like conclaves and stuff like that. He was truly treated like royalty in the Vatican. At the Vatican, truly and what he does, he's going to burn for eternity. And I was really upset that the uh that the Pope you know, not only allowed him to live out like that, but, you know, it was the Pope before him that gave him these combinations. But when the new Pope came in and wanted to make these reforms, wanted to start a healing thing, would, would do that. Okay, that is what it is. But this past week, he was in Chile. And they've had a shocking priest fucking little boys isn't reserved to Boston or the United States. It's a worldwide, you know, epidemic that the Catholic Church. It's the same thing down there. There was a a priest who has been convicted serving out a life sentence and the bishop who oversaw that and it was the same kind of thing you know has tried to um 
tries to have distance himself from the scandal. And a number of the victims have come out and said, we went to him and we told him what was happening. Uh, one of them, one of them claims that like he, he was in the room once when, you know, I was assaulted, you know, all these things, the Pope in Chile, uh, part of his thing was to go there and, 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 give a talk and meet with the people and, and start the healing process, uh, decides that the victims speaking out against the bishop are slanders and should be ashamed of themselves for saying things about them. Like, just beyond victim shaming, calling them, like, you know, liars and that they should, you know, pray for forgiveness for the slander that they're saying of the bishop that was in charge of this priest who was fucking these small children. Okay. Um, so anyway, so it, it, again, I was team Pope during the whole Pope-Trump, you know, back and forth from the outside, from a non-Catholic, from somebody who despises, like, the Catholic <laughs> Church. He has seemed to have, like, a lot of reform in his time there, but this is still, I mean, they're still turning a blind eye. And I don't, I hate when you say, like, Oh, you know, molesting children. They're fucking children. They're children fuckers, and it's being condoned at the highest level. There. Back to the comedy. <laughs> so, uh, do we hate the Pope now? Do we like the Pope? Do we uh, don't care? Do we, it, we well, just hold, we, we just call him out. It's just what it is. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it doesn't matter how many of these great documentaries, these docudrama movies come out, these books, these, it doesn't matter how many hundreds and hundreds of millions that they've paid out to these victims, especially over the last like 15, 20 years. The fact that it still continues. I blame them for all the church closings. You think so? Yeah, I blame them for all the church closing. Those 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 darn accusers. <laughs> right, exactly. Taking all the money from the hard-earned Catholic church, and now they can't even afford to keep churches open. Exactly. Who's, who's really the victim here I is know. what you're saying? Exactly. No, and, and like I said, it never has has any pope fully you know come out and, and address this and like yeah we got to make some changes you know maybe we shouldn't make our priests only be around other men and small boys that's a whole other theological discussion as to whether or not is it a chicken and the eggs kind of thing it's like is it is it that lifestyle that draws certain people to well it's how the, it, the, the whole hiding in plain sight yeah you know i mean honestly most most uh, brink truck jobs are done from the inside. It's like easier, but but it, it is. It's like you can completely hide in it. it look, we're not going to change. Hey, look, that's why I admire the people who teach their children about the Bible at home, like that nice family. Right, that nice <laughs> nice family in Texas. You know, how many kids were thirteen? Like 13. Wow. Like first of all, first of all, having thirteen kids. And talk what, about throwing a whale at Tic Tac. <laughs> <laughs> and second of all, what's with that Captain Kangaroo haircut? Hot. <laughs> Seriously, somebody fucked that at least thirteen times. Oh my. Yeah, I mean that's a whole other story that we're not going to get into. But yeah, that happened. If you haven't heard about it, um, wake up, turn on the news. Or don't. Yeah, or, or, right. Or don't. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's pretty awful. Or I should say, congratulations. You haven't heard about what we're talking about. But, but go ahead. Dean. No, I don't want to go into it. I just want to leave it at that. There was a family, 13 kids, highly religious. Something happened in the news in Texas. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, but it's just weird that they're Christian fundamentalists. I mean, right. Exactly. You How know, does that happen? I, I do, you know, I do not know, you know, but somehow it. 
Somehow, uh, Hillary has something to do with it. Right. Hillary blew the whistle. I'm not, I'm not back. I didn't blow that. the Hillary whistle. Oh, you didn't? No. Well, somehow it's her fault. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, you know. So, so we got the happy anniversary of Blotus. Mm-hmm. We got the. Where is that loaded gun you were talking that, about? The, the, the family. <laughs> we got the Pope. But really, what is the number one upsetting news story this week, Joe? Tom Brady hurt his hand. That's right. <laughs> uh, three days ago, we're, we're now we're now on we're now on a hand watch. Two thousand eight. Can we make a sound effect? But, right. uh, finally, <laughs> finally tonight, hands. <laughs> so uh, Wednesday in practice, um, and the name was just released today. It was a closely guarded top state secret. Rex Burkhead. Uh, running back who hasn't played in four weeks, who we love and so excited that he's going to be playing in yesterday's win over the Jaguars, uh, which we'll get to, but uh, but ran into Tom Brady's hand. And I, I will say the march to Brady's douchebaggery, you know, just only continues even more. And look, you never want to say what an injury is, and I get that. It's funny because uh, management was asking – why? Because he did he did his press conference, and it was supposed to be on Wednesday, and then they pushed it to Thursday, and then they pushed it to Friday. The league rules mandate he has to have media availability, and I think it's a huge fine, like a huge, huge fine that the player has to pay if he doesn't do it, unless he's not playing and he's not practicing. So he showed up at practice on Thursday for like the media availability where people can see them jogging and stretching in place and he had these big red gloves on. Oh my God. For those of you outside the New England area, there are two 24-hour-a-day radio stations that are nothing but sports. There are two TV stations and then the, all the news stations were doing the Sapruda film version. <laughs> I, and I'm not getting like absolute extreme close-ups of the gloves, like analyzing everything. Oh, he's talking to the backup quarterback, Corey, and he's pointing to his hands. Oh, you can see here he's he's pulling on the gloves this way or that way and you know trying to figure out what it was because he didn't actually participate in the drills and the practice. He didn't have to speak Thursday. Uh, it was closed practice on Friday, which he did participate in, and he had to talk to the media after that. And it was great. Like every- Tom, Tom, how's your hand? Um, it, it's it's there. We're not talking about. We're that. not talking about. Yeah, that. it's like, are you going to play on Sunday? Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll you see. know, right. it's like he was wearing gloves. He was wearing his gloves at the podium inside eighty degree room. The news. Tom, why are you wearing your gloves? I've worn it before. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, you didn't answer the question. <laughs> They believe that he's just not answering directly because they don't want to give any sort of fodder to the opposition. They don't want people to know that Brady's hurt, period. Well, and, well here's the great thing. you got to love – I mean, as much as I'm a sycophant, as much as like, you know, uh, I forget the exact context, but when we were talking about my fandom and Piff's like, yeah, but you're an idiot. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> there was no pushback from – Guilty as charged. But it, 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 you got to love the over-the-top – and Bill, we trust, oh, he's fine. He's just doing it so the Jaguars will get overconfident or the Jaguars will start game planning for Brian Hoyer. <laughs> the Jaguars should probably spend as much time game planning for me playing quarterback on Sunday. But when I say for the last three days, whether you turned on 
the TV. The the regular news has been leading off with this, not the 13 kids chained up by their parents for years, uh, not the government shutdown, which is the Democrats' fault. Uh, it's all about Tom Brady's hand. Yeah. Well, it's local news. But so management was asking, well, wh- you know, why does he even have to talk to him and blah, blah, blah? And why do you have to have, you know, why do you have to have, tell the other teams like your injury reports and have this? And I told her, I said, think about it. Why does the NFL have to have these injury reports? And more than any other sport, are their injury reports scrutinized? And in fact, for the conference championship weeks, the team doesn't issue the injury reports, it comes from the league itself. They have league people embed it with all four teams to basically verify if you didn't practice, you have to have it. And the league puts this out. And I was saying it's all verified through the league. And she's like, why? I'm like, gambling. Yeah, I was going to say Vegas, baby. That's all it is. And so going into Wednesday's practice before he hurt his hand, the Patriots were nine and a half point favorite. As it stands right now, they're a seven-point favorite, but some sports books have pulled. If you've already made your bet, you've already made your bets. But as of Wednesday and Thursday, some sports books have just pulled the game and won't allow any more bets until they find out. I mean, maybe come, you know, two hours before the game, if he's out on the field practicing, if he's throwing it around. Now, again, it was a closed practice, so you're taking you know, teammates' words for it to reporters that he was throwing the ball with the glove, he was throwing the ball without the glove, that he was throwing it really good, but then it came out like this morning, but he didn't take any snaps from under under center and stuff like that. Uh, the word was that his finger cut the buckle of Rick Burkhead's helmet, sliced it open, needed four to five stitches, bled profusely, and is swollen up like a golf ball. It, mm. it bent back. And, and you've had hand things and stuff oh, like yeah. that. They bleed like motherfuckers. <laughs> they do. Uh, a lot of mine were internal bleedings, though. So. <laughs> on the inside, where it really hurts. That's where, you know, that's where I, the, the bleeding I'm doing on the right. inside. Yeah. Um, so it is. E- even by my standards, it's like, hey, you know, there's other things going on, the Bruins and whatever. Nope. It's, it's been all about this. You would think they were all like carnival personnel out there with the, the media, just all patriots talk all the time. Speaking of which, uh, after this word from our defunct sponsor, we'll give you some more Patriots talk. Plus six free strategy guides on a hot new game. That's twice the power for still 15 bucks. Wow, call now. Uh, breaking down the wall, uh, this will be completely outdated by the time it posts. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the conference championships. Here's the funniest part about the Patriots in the AFC title game this year. And all, and as I'm, Talking to Joe over his right shoulder is the uh, Goodell with the clown nose uh, towel. towel towel hanging there next to the replica of the Bobby Orr number four retired number. The NFL. Both of which were gifts from you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember saying thank you. 
I don't have a place to put them in my house, so so I'm gifting them to myself. So now I can enjoy them when I'm here. <laughs> What's with all this dog food, by the way? <laughs> Just using my space. we haven't got there yet. <laughs> so uh, so here's the irony of ironies. As much as the NFL obviously is not Patriot fans, as much as the league itself is not Patriot fans, as much as the country isn't Patriot fans, the NFL is begging to whatever football god there is upstairs to have the Patriots win this AFC championship game because of, again, you know, gambling and ratings. By the way, did you see the accidental tweet? No. That the NFL, I think it was the NFL that put it out. Excuse me, people. Got chocolate emergency here. (laughs) So apparently to promote Super Bowl 52, they had put out a tweet yesterday with uh, an image of the logo for Super Bowl 52. Apparently, they also have these pre-generated images of players in the background. Which teams do you think were represented? Oh, it has to be the Patriots. And? Who are the other darlings? I'm going to say it has to be the Vikings. Yes. Wow. And then, whoops. Which caused more of a panic? The accidental... um, Hawaiian inbound <laughs> missile coming, you know, warning. That was only contained to one state. So oh, I'll have oh, to say this. The NFL. Because you know they made composites of all four possibilities. Yeah. You know, I'll see if I can pull up the image while uh, Jacques talks more about the Pats. And so, but here's the thing. It's like Jacksonville is a tiny, tiny market. And before this year, you know, we've talked about it. I think it's been eight or nine years that the NFL has been going to London to play games. Almost every year, the Jacksonville Jaguars are one of the teams that go over and play. Why, you ask? Thank you, Joe. They get sent over because they have no home attendance. They're like the lowest, they're the smallest market or one of the smallest markets. I think technically Green Bay's the smallest market, but we know the fandom there for the last, oh, ever. But the Jacksonville Jaguars do not do well in their market. And when the talk is relocating a team to London, it's always been Jacksonville. It makes the most sense. I mean, it would have to be an East Coast team. It would, you know, with a three-hour time difference. But Jacksonville has played one home game in London every year, I think, for like seven or eight years straight. Uh, now, all of a sudden, because they're having a great run, uh, they've had a great season, they are the, the new darlings. But the NFL is dreading, is absolutely dreading a Minnesota Jags Super Bowl because the ratings, they expect the ratings would be down at least 20 to 25 percent. Oh, that is great. It was on Facebook, not Twitter. It is. It's the Super Bowl 52 logo, and it has, you know, Tom Brady on the left and Case Keenum on the right. Here's the here's the other reason you don't the the NFL, the league offices don't want the Jaguars. Joe, the Vikings. Yes. And the Eagles. Yes. Backup quarterbacks, like not household names under center, you know, like mm-hmm. a career journeyman, nobody's. Uh, Blake Bortle, the quarterback for the Jaguars, who was like the number three overall pick a couple of years ago, is like the 31st ranked quarterback in the league. I mean, they've, they've won games. They've won several games like this year. Like, well, the the first round of the playoffs, the wild card game, they won 10 to 3 at home. You know? <laughs> I mean, Against Buffalo, and their defense is the real deal. Their defense is just really the real deal. And yeah, last week, they were up 21 nothing to the Steelers and Pittsburgh. 
And of course, you know, one was a strip sack fumble return for a touchdown. Ben, you know, had a couple more uh, other giveaways out of their 45 points. I mean, so it is impressive. So, you know, they did put 45 points up against the Steelers and Pittsburgh, but that's the outlier. Like most of their games, they're winning like 12 to 9, like, you know, 13 to 10 and stuff like that. Their quarterback is horrible. And the last thing that you want is two small market teams with nobody's under center. Now, the upside to that is neither team would have ever won a Super Bowl. True. And and the other reason that the NFL is hoping for the Vikings, the Super Bowls, you know, used to revolve around the same four or five stadiums, five or six stadiums. But now the big new thing is, oh, if you build a one point something billion dollar stadium and you don't relocate your team or whatever, you know, the NFL will thank you by awarding you a Super Bowl. So Minnesota was awarded the Super Bowl. Minnesota does not have the infrastructure to handle hosting a Super Bowl. And right now. It's one of those things where, you know, the guys on sports radio in Boston are lamenting if the Patriots make it like some of them are, you know, the only hotels you can get are two hours away. So it, it kind of hurts the Super Bowl experience. It can, it's like the, the Stanley Cup being played in Boston, the closest hotel you can get is Springfield. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Al Franken's not a senator anymore, so he's not going to be able to, you know, get some of that sweet money into the uh, state to beef up the infrastructure. But they were... <laughs> I suck. No, it's uh, of all the things that made me sad. That's the thing that <laughs> I think makes me saddest. Next to Brady's hand, right? But but they don't. They don't have the hotels. They don't have the space in the room, you know, to handle this, and they're freaking out. So the NFL's like. Okay, well, each team only gets, like, just because you have 80,000 season ticket holders, you have to go into a lottery. And people are worried that it's going to be a home game for the Vikings. Yes, they would be the darlings. They would be the underdog. It would be a great story. They would be the first Super Bowl team to host a Super Bowl in their own building. So it would be primarily, you know, Vikings crowd. But the the NFL is hoping— well, that's 15,000, 20,000 seats of people who aren't traveling here. That's 20,000 less hotel rooms that they need because they're worried about it. And I think it was I think it was the Super Bowl in Dallas with Pittsburgh. It, maybe it was Pittsburgh and the Cardinals where the stadium was done, but it wasn't 100% done. And the NFL had oversold like five, 600 tickets. And the sections that these people's, oh, I'm in section 408, row 12. And you get up to the fourth floor and there's no section, you know, <laughs> and it wasn't there. And they had, like they did, they had, you know, large groups of people under the, in the stadium downstairs, like, you know, and the tunnels, like they had, like, you know, meeting rooms watching the game yeah. who has spent thousands upon thousands of dollars for seats that didn't exist. They're not going to have that problem, but they are going to have problems like you buy a ticket to the Super Bowl and you're staying two hours away and you don't have the whole fan experience. You can't like get in a car and Uber back to your hotel in 10 or 15 minutes. You can't walk from you know your hotel to wherever the big concerts and the fan experience are. I mean, the NFL is truly, truly hoping that this is a Vikings because the the other reason they want the and the reason they want the Patriots is not only Gronk the name Gronk the name you know Belichick the name even if you hate them you love to root against them people will be watching for them to lose um, the other big thing is New England doesn't travel 
Like this is the eighth Super Bowl. I mean, this this will be the third Super Bowl in four years. Granted, I'm not being a cock and arrogant saying that. We will get back there. We 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 will have the dark days upon us again. Uh, I I know it doesn't seem like that, but uh, at one point we will have a ten year stretch without twenty year stretch without going to the Super Bowl. But as of right now. Tomorrow's game is the seventh consecutive AFC title game that the Patriots have played in. Mm-hmm. Yawn. Almost. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like people are dying. It will be sold out. It will be great. People are paying you know, above market for tickets. But it's not like I got to be there because this is once in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I just kept thinking about during a rant that, uh, of course, amidst the Time's Up movement and the women empowerment movement, leave it to the NFL – to host a Super Bowl in a stadium with a glass ceiling. I mean, come on! <laughs> Somewhere Danny Thomas is looking down, <laughs> smiling. Uh, or looking glad. up. Oh, looking up, yeah. yeah depend. That, that's the kind of guilt that makes you build children's hospitals. Well, I mean, it would also be appropriate for Danny Thomas to be looking up at the glass. I understand what you're doing. Good. So, let's see. So, uh, my prediction for... Oh, the other thing, though... If the if the Eagles make it, they have a ravenous fan base. Like everybody from Philadelphia, right? You know, well, and it's not that you know that's a drive, that's a day's drive away and stuff like that. Hoagies on parade. The city will be uh, overrun with with Eagle fans, and and truly, they don't want oh joy, yeah, right? Well, there's that. That's there's that. What a headline that, that is! There's that. City overrun by Eagles fans. That's almost as bad as. Hawaii almost got attacked by <laughs> right. missile. I'll take the missile, please. Yeah. But so so uh I'm gonna I'm most people are, are picking the Vikings. I am going to pick the Eagles, you know? And I think I think I'm picking the Eagles a little bit because I, I like Chris Long and LeCarrie Blunt, who, you know, went there from the Patriots last year. Uh but it is. It's a battle of it's a battle of backup quarterbacks. Um mm-hmm. uh, you know the 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 other thing that the NFL is having to consider now if the Vikings are the home team how do you even the playing field because you always have to travel like you, when you go to the Super Bowl it's a neutral site so you have to have the same you know, so they don't have to travel to do it, so they already have that. Do they get to use their same practice facility, or should they be uprooted to use the college practice facility, you know, across town? Because why should they get all the regular trappings? I mean, it, you the reason the Patriots get the home game is they have the best record. It's a it's a reward thing, you know. Talk for, about a vote of no confidence with going into this for the Minnesota Vikings. Ah, we'll, we'll host the Super Bowl in, in, in Minnesota. They'll never make it. Well, it's funny because Every year, it's like whether it's in Miami, whether it's in Dallas, whether it's in in Phoenix, or you know the um, you know the Saints have a great team in, in their thing. It's like mm-hmm. you know week three or four of the teams three and one or four and one. People are like, oh, this will be the first time, and you know it, it's never happened in fifty two Super Bowls. It's it's never happens, and who knows? Maybe it's still never happened. Right. So we will find out. Um, Joe. And above, oh, we never we, we never resolved this. Who do you take in the AFC championship? Uh, <laughs> okay, let's say Brady has to throw with his left hand. Uh, so so they do. They have a really good defense, but but he I think I think it's one of those things where they have a good defense, but they play as bad as our division is with Buffalo, who made it to the playoffs. They're playing against Indianapolis 
you know, who was down to their third string quarterback, you know, our third string quarterback, you know, ends up, you know, being their quarterback this year, Tennessee, who, as you see, wasn't that good. You know, they are in, in, oh, and also in Houston's in their division who lost their quarterback week five. So, yeah, so they, they had a, I think they wound up 12 and four, but they had a, I think they had what was ranked like the 31st out of 32 teams, the 31st easiest schedule. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, they, the Jaguars were talking. The Jaguars. About. So, yeah, their defense is real. I mean, they beat Pittsburgh twice this year in Pittsburgh. The first time they played Pittsburgh, they had six intercept or five interceptions against Big Ben and had a uh, recumble, uh, a fumble recovery against him. Uh, and then they beat them last weekend. So their defense is, I'm not saying, oh, because he beat a lot of crappy teams. They beat a lot of crappy teams, but they have a good defense. Their their quarterback did have a great game last weekend, but I think that's the, you know, a blind squirrel finds a nut now and then type thing. Uh, but I'm going to say uh, Patriots 24, Jaguars 13. Okay. In the inside, I'm laughing because I can hear Biff yelling at me. We were out of the woods. <laughs> we were almost done with the Patriots talk, and you brought them back in for another five minutes. I want to say it's five minutes, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to appease our non-Patriot fans, we can talk a little bit about the Steelers. The Steelers might be the best team in football on paper. Can you fill your mouth even more? The Steelers might be the best team on paper in football. They have, I truly believe, the most talented roster. I think they have, you know, a top five quarterback, top six quarterback. I think they have a top, they have the best receiver in uh and at least the AFC, I mean, it's it's him and, and Julio Jones are the two best receivers in football. I think they have a top two, top three running back. I think they have a bottom 10 coaching staff. And we talked about it during the Patriots game with the no touchdown thing coming out of a three-minute break without knowing the two plays that they were going to run and the... Ben throwing the offensive coordinator under the bus, the coach throwing Ben under the bus. So it turns out, and, and, and I mean, I even saw this because they were talking about it on sports radio because I just happened to be up at one in the morning last Saturday. Antonio Brown's tweeting out at one o'clock in the morning, like 12 hours before a home playoff game. And he's tweeting things like, oh, I like... I forget how he said it, but it was the second time they played the Jaguars, so they were going to get a revenge game uh, this week, and then they get a revenge game next week. They play two revenge games back-to-back. He was already talking about playing the Patriots in the AFC Conference Championship Mm -hmm. at 1 in the morning before, you know, completely overlooking the Jaguars. And then, on the other hand, it comes out in the last few days, you know, both him and Bell missed the run-through the Saturday before the game, Mm -hmm. that they... Didn't even bother to show up for practice. And it's like, that's one of the things we've talked about it before. It's like, you know, it it was a few years ago when a couple stars showed up late for a practice in New England during a snowstorm and were stunned. They were, you know, one of them was Darrell Reefus, gets to the stadium and was met by the door by, you know, one of the assistant coaches and told, no. Go home. You're, you're not. You're not practicing today, and was just flabbergasted. It doesn't fucking care who you are. And and truly, you know, I know it's a bit of the hero worship, and and I know he's a lughead, but 
but Tom Brady will be at the state. Will probably be the first person at the stadium tomorrow. Gronk will probably be the second person at the stadium tomorrow. I mean, they they will be there, you know, till all hours of the night. And then when they go home, Tom Brady will be wearing his specially Tom Brady. This makes you sleep better pajamas, and will probably be in bed by like eight o'clock, um, or or into there. And and hoodie will be in the crypt under the ground <laughs> that he sleeps in with the. Uh, you know what? What? Whatever. Whatever. Like blood of virgins. Like you uh-huh. know. Right, I'm just. No I'm, I'm, here. I'm just laughing because now I'm yelling at myself. <laughs> I was out of the sports talk, and then you had to say something. All right, uh, we're running low on time here, so let's get to my favorite part of the week: more sports talk. So, so okay. what I think happens. <laughs> This is the part of the show where we talk about a video game of mine from my Nintendo no, collection. No, we're doing, we oh, we're doing the we're doing. Okay, let's open it up. That didn't sound good. Let's open it up, and you're gonna. Now I'm not gonna look at. I finally get a, have an excuse not to look at Jock. He's pulling a game off of one of my video game collection shelves, and now I have to figure out which one it is. Ah, I can see that he pulled out a. PlayStation 3 game, and I have them alphabetized, and I don't have a large collection, so of course this should be a slam dunk. It is not Grand Theft Auto. It is... I give up. Dark Souls 2. Didn't play it. What a great review. (laughs) This was a wonderful not waste of time. Do you want to do another one? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Now, keep in mind that a lot of those newer games I haven't played. I just sort of obsessively, you know, go to, in my free time, a a thrift store and pick up, oh, this game's only $2, and it's a video game, and maybe one day when my legs don't work and I can't (laughs) leave the basement, I'll have all the free time in the world to play all of these games. Anyways, that's enough about me being paralyzed, here's a PlayStation 2 game that I'm sure I've played before. It's not Midway Classics. Again, I give up. Onimotion 2. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time for the random review. I'm going to the NES wall. What a good idea. What a great idea. Let's not change our format ever again so he pulled the game off of the nes wall and it's it's not solar jet man i'm gonna say solstice uh solomon's key you idiot solstice is on the shelf uh solomon's key a game that i have reviewed on the podcast before we have yes <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the perils, <laughs> the pitfalls. Pitfalls, good game. Pitfall is a great game. <laughs> okay, now Jacques going to go. <laughs> this is his cardio for the week, by the way, going back and forth between the chair and the shelf. All right, now he's pulled out another Nintendo Entertainment System game. It's not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, it's it's not Tubin, not Top Gun. Is it Top Gun 2? Do I have Top Gun 2? I think it's just Top Gun. Oh, no, it is. No, it's Top Gun 2. The second mission. Ah, Top Gun 2. A game that I'll pretend to have played. But it doesn't matter. It's a game I haven't reviewed. 
Uh, I apologize for wasting everybody's time with this segment. Top Gun, the second mission, is the sequel to the infamous Top Gun game for the Nintendo Entertainment System that was based on the hit movie starring Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer. Was it based on the... um the sequel? Was, it, was there a Top Gun I sequel? wish there was a top secret game that <laughs> with Val Kilmer. But um, Top Gun was... The game was a f- kind of a, you know, a cockpit shooter kind of game. Very arcadey. Planes are coming at you, and you're in the cockpit of a F-14 or something. And you're shooting down uh, planes and like, little dogfights and stuff. And then the, the first game... The thing that stumped most players and kids was how to land. There was a landing sequence. You had to land on an aircraft carrier, and it was very difficult because you would get directions on your monitor, you know, more to the left, more to the right, up, down. And if you didn't do it properly as you can't approach the carrier, your plane would crash. Uh, it wouldn't be game over. You would just lose a life, and then you would go on to the next mission. Now, Top Gun's second mission I have not played, but I'm sure it's a lot like the first game with maybe some improvements. Um, so now we're going to go to the nin- ultimate Nintendo well, let's guide see what to the NES library. Somebody who played it thinks <laughs> of the game. <laughs> this is written by, of course, Pat Contry. Uh, check him out on Pat the NES Punk uh, on YouTube. Top Gun: The Second Mission. He gave it three and a half stars. Same rating he gave Top Gun. Once again, players pilot an F-14 Tomcat fighter jet in three different combat missions to take out enemy bogies. Players choose their missile loadout choosing whether they prefer quantity or range of fire, and then take off from their carrier. Uh, so, okay. Does it does it make you want to play it now? Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. I, I, you know, as I get older, I'm starting to care less and less about video games. But that's a... What are you caring about? I don't... That's the deep philosophical question. <laughs> uh, Wait, Joe's not caring about video games. When I stop caring about, let's say... Uh, breathing? Yeah. Then... then, then. <laughs> Yeah. And we got we we have an issue. Uh, so so uh, you know, wrap it up. Uh, yes. Sideshow this week. Oh, is there we, one? We pl- uh, if 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 listen to me. If when the Patriots beat the Jacks, maybe we'll do a part one of a two part sideshow prepping for the Super Bowl. And if not, we're doing. Uh, I won't be doing anything right be, for the next few days. We'll do a sideshow on crippling depression. Right. <laughs> Welcome to sideshow. No. <sighs> it's a shock. <sighs> <laughs> Joe, you missed. Aim higher. <laughs> um, okay, let's leave on a parenting tip. Uh, I'm going to start. You got to know yourself and you got to do a little uh, risk management when you're a parent. Knowing that there's a very slim chance that the Patriots don't win this week, I'm being a good parent. And teaching my children risk management by suggesting they don't watch the game anywhere near me. (laughs) I'm letting them know, yes, I love you so much. You shouldn't be near Papa unless we win by – I I don't care. If we win by four touchdowns, great. They should win by four touchdowns. They'll probably win by a controversial one point. Not according to your your, your prediction. They're only winning by two. Right, but but you know me, you know me. But I, I am. I'm sending them away. I'm not watching the game like at home. I would like to watch it, you know, by myself under a tunnel in a hole, sometime far away. But I would probably drag you there. But my parenting tip is: if you really think you're going to hit your kids, send them away. 
Is that really a parenting tip? No, that's that's like a <laughs> that's awful. That's like that's a tip for the authorities. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My parenting tip is: if you have young children and you think that they may be attending college one day, save for said college education. <laughs> for I have an 18-year-old who is graduating high school this year, and we've applied to his one college of choice. All eggs, one basket. DeVry? Yes. And we're uh, also filling out the financial aid applications. And, oh, the joys. I mean, everybody should fill out financial aid. You know, there's money out there to be had. By all means, grab for it. But in the meantime, maybe put away some money, you know, when they're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. So when they turn 18... That money will have amassed to at least one semester of college. <laughs> With or without books. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, no, Mr. Smarty Pants over here wants books. Uh, so that's my parenting tip for the week. Save for your children's education. Jacques? There's just that, and don't forget, 